0: Jesus, I crave to know you to know you will satisfy my soul. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 221. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing. So in the previous episode, we kind of set the stage just a little for uh, talking further into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul is um, kind of elaborating to the Corinthian church about spiritual gifts, and so we want to dive in a little deeper uh, in this topic um and so uh, in this episode, we'll, we'll kind of start to unpack some things on a kind of verse by verse. Um, and then if we don't fit in everything in this episode, then uh, maybe we'll have an additional one. We'll just see how, how it goes. Um, but, um, but thanks for coming alongside me on this, and I pray that it is enlightening to you. So we'll, we'll just read the section one more time just to kind of get a, a groundwork. Um, but this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. uh, We'll read verses 1 through 11. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So there is there is quite a lot going on here, a lot of ground that... Paul is covering. And so, we'll just kind of make our way through this, you know, bit by bit, and um, touch on um, and uh, press on as as we can and, and need to. So, in this first section of of, like, verses 1 through 3, I think one thing that Paul is very intentionally establishing, and I think... Its its placement in the text itself is very critical and very intentional. He he establishes that um, he doesn't want the the Corinthians and this applies to us and all who would read it. He doesn't want them to be uninformed. And another word, I think, reasonably for uninformed is ignorant. Um, don't don't take it negatively, but um, if you're if you're uninformed about something, um, that is also ignorance. Um, he mentions in verse two that you know um, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. So he prefaces what he's about to say next in the context of not wanting, his readers the audience to to be led astray he says you were that way you were influenced and you were led astray to he points out mute idols this is to really um accentuate the fact that these created uh figures had in there was inability attached to them they were mute they couldn't speak They couldn't interact with their worshipers. And so, he's really um, accentuating the fact that they they are lacking and they are insufficient. And so, he's prefacing verse 3 with, "...you were influenced and you were led astray, however that was, however you were led astray, you were led astray and influenced." So he says in verse 3, Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, this is an important part um, because it's very possible— that um, in in that in that uh, place or not necessarily you know in that region but just in that time there could have been those because keep in mind this is all very new relative to um, the span of time we've had Christianity now for... Um, you know, if if we're if we're talking, you know, at th- the time of Jesus, now you know, close to two thousand years. So it is it is here in this point, it's relatively new. And so there's a lot of establishing that's having to be done. And we see some of these same errors even in our day, but but Paul is 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 trying to let the reader know, look, if someone is saying something such as, Jesus be cursed, there's no way that they can say that's coming from the Holy Spirit. One of the primary um, attacks or um, directives that Satan would have would be to divert people from the person of Jesus. And in doing so, because remember, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. So if someone creates another way to the Father other than Jesus, they have created something new, something um, something that has a look of christianity but lacks the potency and the truth so a person who was trying to uh, distract or to deceive may say they are under the influence of the holy spirit and this as they would say this the holy spirit would be telling them or would be directing them to say that jesus is cursed or jesus is 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 cut off or it's not Jesus who you should follow. And so Paul is is specifying no one who says such things are speaking by the Holy Spirit. And then he says on the flip side of that, just as no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what he's trying to establish here is, He's establishing the lordship of Jesus, that Jesus is the head, the center. And here, even in the text itself, locationally, it's the beginning of what we're discussing here in spiritual gifts. So, Jesus himself is the beginning of spiritual gifts. And he just reaffirms to the reader that. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will always testify of Jesus. There will always be a, a harmony, a cohesiveness. Um, there will never be, in truth, an opposition of the Spirit, the Son, and the Father. They are harmoniously one and joined together in a singular direction. Um, So he's establishing this at the forefront, and it is important to realize that even in the topic of gifts of the Spirit or um, spiritual gifts, that Jesus is the head, and and it is from the place of his lordship that we— flow all of these enablements out of it's it's actually when we get that misaligned we drift into error and we become focused on certain components or aspects and we lose the centrality of Jesus being the center and when we do so that that's begins the steps of of decline and deceit and um, eventually even, God forbid, a, a falling away or a, a turning inward to ourselves and, and our ability. And so, this is an important thing that Paul is establishing at the very onset of, of his discussion here. Now, um, in verse 4, he says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them there are different kinds of service but the same lord and there are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone it is the same god at work so basically what we have here is there are different manifestations but in them all there are the same it's the same spirit lord and god so he is affirming and re-establishing the oneness of the of the trinity we call it the godhead the the father son and spirit and um, also in using the word lord it also establishes the um the aboveness I'm making up a word here, but the the superiority of of the source of where these come from, and we'll as we make our way more through the text, I I kind of thought through some of this as to what how I would maybe title this section or um because as you as we'll make our way through it we'll see um, you know most most bibles will kind of categorize this as spiritual gifts and and while it's totally appropriate to consider that these all gifts there are some that are specified as gifts and others specified differently so i thought how would i categorize or or label uh, the this section of discussion and kind of where I landed and I kind of like it is manifestations of spiritual enablement and I like that because it it kind of globally defines all of these characteristics that that we see are uh, enabled by the Holy Spirit and yes they are they're all gifts because we can't um, we don't do anything to... Uh, to cause them to happen, there's nothing in us inherently that um, contributes to the equation. Um, it's all God, the source of all of these enablements. So, um, just as He reaffirms that there is, this is, there is all, all of these enablements are from the same Spirit, from the same Lord, from the same God and a a perfect oneness. Now, verse 7 sheds an important realization in, in all of this, and it really speaks to the why of it all. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, if we were to ask the question, well, why are these enablements given? And the, the answer, and it's important for us to keep in mind, is it's for the common good. Now, um, this next little, um, I guess, tidbit is something that I – it's really – I think that the Lord was leading me down a path to discover something in here. And I want to share with you. This is just, you know, as though friends are talking. And so I want to share some some things that I have been considering and maybe something for you to just think on and weigh for yourself. But um, I'm not saying that this is... Is a word, you know, from the Lord specifically, but I think um, that it bears meditation, it bears thought, and I think it is is insightful. And as I was kind of pondering on um, the that verse seven, and it it really struck me and and caused me to 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 look into it a little further. But we say, you know, why are these manifestations given? It's for the common good. Well, if you look at um, different translations, it will you know, render that uh, a little differently. If you look in, in the original Greek there in verse 7, um, depends on what Bible translation you have. Um, I'm, I was reading to you out of the NIV, but uh, I like different translations uh, for different purposes, um, and I think they all shed some interesting light on topics as you study and explore them. But in the original Greek, uh, that word you know, common is, is not there. The word good is, and I'm sorry, ahead of time, you Greek scholars, um, symphero and it means to be profitable, so if I'm I looked at each each word in the Greek in that in that sentence for verse 7 and now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. So in the Greek I wrote down from left to right I wrote down what each word in the Greek meant. Now in when going from one language, and you're translating it, there are some processes that you have to go through by looking at the, um, looking at the tenses, um, and looking at various um, word structures, and when you do so, it there is involved in some like rearranging of what you're reading and some word additions that have to happen to. Make it um, kind of translated uh, to our language, so there are some some challenges presented, but here is, and as you'll hear the kind of clunkiness of it, um, I'm, I just wrote down each word from the Greek to English and and here's what the the sentence yields. each and grant the manifestation the spirit to the be profitable well that sounds like I definitely am speaking um, a different language or missing many words And, and that's just me writing from left to right the words in Greek that are written from left to right now if I take the sentence, and an interesting thing is the word "their manifestation." Um, in it says in the origi- you know, in verse seven here of my Bible. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. So, interestingly, that word "manifestation" is singular. Now, we are talking about. M- Many different manifestations, but I find it interesting that it's it's uh, the way that word is written is in the singular uh, case. So, but if we were to to rearrange some of this to try to communicate what is the text saying, one possibility is we could be saying here is the first one each is, so that's kind of an insertion, is granted, because that word grant is in the present tense. So each is granted the manifestation of, that's an insertion, the spirit to be profitable. And I really like the phrase to be profitable because it um, I think it bears some additional... Uh, kind of underlying tones compared with just the word good. So, because some things, the word good is kind of relative. It depends on our perception. But I think the word profitable or to um, to to be profitable, I think it bears a little more um, clearness, I think. Um, and so I like it. So I'll just say that again without adding all the stuff so you can just feel the weight of the sentence. Each is granted the manifestation of the Spirit to be profitable. I like that, and that's a fair fair one. And just as a heads up, I'm not a Greek scholar, so um, if you happen to be a Greek scholar, I would love for you to um, send me your thoughts on this and how you think it... Um, makes sense or measures up because I would love your feedback. Um, a second possibility, and this is the one that caused me to kind of pause and consider more. And I think there is something to discover in it. So, like we said, the first one, each is granted. Now, if we look at the orid- the the one that we find in scripture, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That reads as though to say, now to each one, like to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So there's something kind of subconscious that's happening there when we read it. I don't know about you, but I think of to each person is given as though to say, every person is given so it kind of bears this oh it's everyone is given the manifestation but we don't we don't always see that to be the case now don't by all means please don't hear me suggesting that this isn't available to everyone because that's not what I want to press upon you at all but i don't know that i don't know that everyone if if they don't if they're not seeking the lord and again this is not to say you earn or work your way to receive a gift but if my if my child wants something from me that they're not able to carry or to operate, for me to give it to them would be dangerous to them. Like if my three-year-old wanted to drive a car, would I let them drive a car? No, because that would be very dangerous for them. That would make me a bad parent. So I think there is, some, there is something to this idea of limitation in God's foresight that doesn't make everything available to everyone. Now, you probably wouldn't argue with that. You probably would agree. Um, but I don't want anyone to think that this means that you're disqualified from receiving spiritual gifts of the Father because that's not my intention. But I don't know that it's as universal and as open as, as sometimes we think it might be, or as as universal as I've thought it to be. So my second kind of rearrangement is, is this. Instead of each one, each manifestation is, that's an insertion, granted, present tense, is granted, of or by, that's an insertion, the Spirit to be profitable. So now let me read it just in normal flow. Each manifestation is granted of or by the Spirit to be profitable. I like the second one because I think it takes away this assumption that each person receives the manifestations. Now, I think each person can receive it, but for us to assume that each person receives it is is a bit of an overreach, not to disqualify anybody, but I think to give better um, perception, of the reality of what the text says. And again, I'm no Greek scholar and so I know that there is a bit of reaching that I'm doing. Um, and again, if you are a Greek scholar, I would love to hear your feedback in that um, in that second example, your 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 stance on each manifestation is granted of or by the Spirit to be profitable. So something to just think on, There I am, um, again, not saying that this is of the Lord, but um, definitely something that I've been chewing on a little myself. Now, that takes us to verse 8, which says, "...to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit." to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Now, we see here that are listed nine of these, again, I'm calling them um, spiritual enablements. Um, There's nine, and... Um, interestingly, there are nine fruits of the Spirit. Um, I have looked at those to see how they line up, if they, if there is some relationship to each one listed there as in the order that these are listed. Um, I haven't seen it initially, but um, there might be something of, of interest if you were to study that out. But um, something that I do want to point out is in verse 4, we see that there is is listed um, kind of in a three-part order. Kinds of gifts, and that and the source is the same Spirit. And then the second s- section is kinds of service, and that's from the same Lord. And then the third section is kinds of activities, or some transla- translations call it workings. And the source of that is the same God. So, you see a section of gifts, then service, then activities or workings. And here, as Paul lists this out, there are three sets of groupings for it. Word of wisdom, and that's, you may see your Bible say utterance, or it may say, um, as I said, a message, um, that is the word um logos, if I'm not mistaken, and it is a word. So we see that as a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and faith. And so these three, these first three listed, I think, um, parallel the kinds of gifts that he speaks about in verse four. And we see the spirit, the same spirit is the same is the source. And then, in the next three listed, are healings, and he says gifts of healings, um, and then he says miraculous power, and then thirdly, prophecy, and in again back in verse four, he would categorize this as kinds of service, and we see that healing. Miraculous power and prophecy are definitely um, components of serving others. And, and then thirdly, discerning of spirits, speaking different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues were, would be the last three out of the set. And they would, I think, parallel his, in verse 4, kinds of activities or working now I noticed when I was kind of studying through this I had the I had the t- temptation maybe not be a fair word but I had the kind of urge to think of this as okay kinds of activities or working that we would do well if we look at it closely from verse 4 Paul's saying he, he's using this kinds of activities or working that God is at work. So, um, resist the, the, the temptation to think of this as works that we do and look at it more so as the workings that God is working. And I think it's fair of us to say that all three sets of these, all nine, is really God at work. It's not us working. But um, it was just easy to see that and think, "Oh, this is this is activities that we do." Um, now, I've never I've never seen or heard someone link the first three as kind of categorizing them as gifts, and the next three categorizing them as service, and then the last three categorizing them as working or activities. So. Um, this is just something that I've noticed myself in studying for this. So, um, you know, hopefully that's helpful. Um, and perhaps there is more that we can discover just inside of that perhaps rev- revelation. Um, but I do think that it is um, interesting to see them grouped together in a kind of order that is introduced in verse 4 and then kind of fleshed out a little in verse 8. Um, I would like to kind of go through each of those gifts from verse 8 and um, maybe in another episode it might be something we could do. Um, I don't, unfortunately, have uh, you know great stories of Of some of these um, played out, I have experienced some of them and several of them. But um, maybe I can kind of try to intentionally create some some discussion around how these things have played out in my own life and ministry that I've been around. So uh, maybe that's something that I can do for the next episode. Um, But uh, a lot of the time, though, I have had some examples. I would be kind of communicating it more on a theoretical though I do uh, desire of the Lord to have more tangible experiences that I can share and pass on um, with others and and shift out of a you know here's what the Bible says about this topic though I lack experiences and encounters I want to be able to to, and as I'm sure you are if you have interest in, in this topic at all, you want experience uh, to where you can speak to, you know, here's what God did for you in these um, specific gifts or enablements. So as we kind of close this down, I think it's important as Paul kind of closes this section down Verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So, all of these are the work of God, and and the Spirit, who is God, distributes these enablements, these gifts, out to each person just as he determines. And we don't know exactly how that he determines it. I would imagine that there is a component of need in it. There is a need for something to happen. And so he steps in and enables us, um, kind of giving us this care package, if you will, to operate in whatever is needed in the moment, so there's a component of need to it as well. I think there's also a component of kind of our ability to carry such a thing. Um, it is it is kind of an odd thing because you see you see people who are spiritually mature um, enough to carry certain gifts. And you see others who are not um, as spiritually mature who are carrying these gifts. You see both ends of the spectrum. You would think that it would be something, you know, God would give it as you're able to carry it. But some it doesn't always play out that way. In fact, we have seen, um, you know, many figures throughout time who would kind of fall prey to the pride that can creep in from. You know, powerful enablements given by the Spirit, and cause them to kind of slide negatively in their ministry, and perhaps you know be destroyed completely. So, it's 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 never just cut and dry, and so we must you know ask the Lord for understanding, for wisdom, um, and. As we seek Him to operate through us, we must just be willing vessels to take the opportunities that are presented before us, uh, to use them for His glory, for His name, and um, and ask just the Holy Spirit to, to use us as a willing vessel And I think in doing that, it pleases God's heart. Um, And then in the meantime, until that happens, we are studying, we are growing, we are hopefully maturing in the faith so that we can be effective for Jesus and His ministry. So thank you so much for taking the time with me on this one. I pray it was encouraging and insightful, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you. And in your house, I hold a